Today's sermon is titled Salty and Lit. Salty and Lit. Um, you know, back in the day when people used to say, hey, oh, that's salty. Are you salty? It was a bad thing, right? Well, today, salty is a good thing. All right, so let's just, let's just from, the, from the beginning, salty is a good thing. So before we get into it, can you think right now, think. Think of a person or a thing that has had influence in your life. A situation, a circumstance, a, a, a person, mentor, friend, family member that has had influence in your life. Now think about it. Take a couple moments. And it's not just the good influences because people also have bad influences on us, right? And so think. Think. Everybody's thinking of people? Okay. Some examples that I can think about, about influence, when I think about things that influence us, right, are uh, music. Music is very influential. People don't realize that. Um, I mean, there have been times, right, you know, people that they're, they're out with their wife or their husband, they hear a song. They hear a song, and it takes them back. It takes them back to the days of dating, the days of going out. You know, my wife and I have a song like that. And it's by Casting Crowns. It's by Casting Crowns, um, uh, east, to the east, east to the West. And it was just a song that had, had come out while we were dating or right before marriage. And it was very impactful. And we were serving in youth ministry. And it was just like, it was an amazing song that when I hear it today, I think about dating my wife. You know, I think about those days we were dating when I hear those songs. It took me back. It takes me back. The influence that music has, right, that it could, it could put time stamps in your brain. There's also moments where music will take us back to places that we don't want to go back. You know, places that we were that we should maybe have not been and play, um, uh, things we were doing and we should not have been doing. And there are some songs that we hear and all of a sudden you think back to the time you were at the club and the bar and you really shouldn't have been there. And then you start be like, okay, turn it off. Turn it off. Because it took you to a place without God. There are other things that influence us. You know, some, uh, we are influenced by chemicals. Our chemicals and medication will influence our body and our mind. You take a, a pill for this or a pill for that, all of a sudden, like, you're walking in slow motion. I mean, you didn't do it on purpose, but the pill that you took influenced your body to do so. You know, sometimes we take medicine and we get really sleepy. I mean, you didn't want to get sleepy, but you were influenced by the medicine that you took to get sleepy. Sometimes alcohol influences people in different ways. You guys know I was a Marine, and unfortunately, one of the things that come, uh, that come side and side with the Marine Corps is a lot of drunks, okay? And um, I had a sergeant. I can't say his name because I know some of my brothers are watching this right now. Um, I had a sergeant when I first got there, and they'll put two and two together, but he was the shortest guy in the unit. I'm not a tall guy, but he was shorter than me. And he turned into a little bulldog, pit bull, whenever he was drunk and thought that he could take on the world. It got us in trouble in a lot of places, you know? Um, but sometimes, and it's always the little, little guys, right? It's always the little ones, do you know? 
man. Always. Um, <laughs> but, but, but alcohol had that influence. All of a sudden, he, you know, without the alcohol, you understand. And then all of a sudden, alcohol has an influence that now he's braver than he really is. A lot braver than what he really is. These days, and a lot of the younger folk will understand this part. These days, we have influencers. That's a, that's a job now. That's a title that people give themselves. I'm sorry. Who, who labels somebody an influencer other than someone labeling themselves an influencer and then telling other people to follow that and to call them that? Listen, I'm, be oh, so careful. Listen, I, 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 I cringe. I cringe. I cringe when I hear, oh, he's an influencer on, on, on Instagram. Oh, he's, she's an influencer. I'm like, who are these people? Like, who put them in the title? Like, why, why do they get to stand and say, I should influence you, follow me? And what happens is, what happens is they want to influence you based on their social media platform life, which many times is different from reality. And then what you're doing is you're being influenced to try to follow, influenced to try to keep up, keep up with the Joneses, keep up with the Kardashians, whatever you guys want to call it, right? Because the thing is, you keep seeing this, but you don't see the broken marriages. You don't see the, you don't see the, 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 the pain, the drug addiction, the alcohol. You don't see any of that. You just see all the cars that are not even there. Sometimes they take pictures in front of other people's cars. They go to car lots and get in cars, test drive it, take a picture with that. And you're thinking, all oh, this is real and it's not. But it has an influence on you. And many times, social media, especially these days, it influences so many that it's causing so much depression. It's causing so much depression because I can't keep up. I can't have that. They're happy and I'm not. Ah, oh, I must be doing something wrong. It must be me. And you realize that, you know, you just enter, you put yourself in a slump because of these influencers on social media. Influence is defined as the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or behavior of someone. When you have influence on someone, you can change the character. It affects their character, their development. People act differently when they're influenced. So no matter who you are, you can be an influencer without giving you a title, like I just said, like these social media influencers, or you can be influenced. As a father, um, I have a daughter, but we're, we're talking in the, as a father of a son, and he's back there in the booth, and I don't know if he's listening. But um, I pray that the time that we spent together, right, the years that we spent together, the conversations that we've had, the trips that we've taken, all the things that we've done. Uh, although I'm not perfect and although I make mistakes, <laughs> and he knows that, and although I could have done things better, and he, he probably knows that too, you know, I, I, I pray that I had some positive influence in his, in his life as a father and as a husband and as a high priest of his home. You know, um, every man in this place should desire 
to be the influence of their children. But not in, not in the ways of this world, but in the ways of the Scripture. That they may be influenced by us to follow the Lord. That they may be influenced by us to want and desire God. They may be influenced by us to understand the importance of a relationship with God. Not just coming to church. And that's something that, that, that I was... I was uh, I was traditioned in my mind, church. And even in the times that I was far from God, guess what? I never missed a Sunday. <laughs> I never missed a Sunday. When I was in the Marines and I was not serving the Lord, I never missed a Sunday because it was something religious to me. You know, I grew up in church. I got to go to church every Sunday. I can't miss church. Yet my life was horrible. My relationship was non-existent. So coming on, on Sunday doesn't, doesn't mean you have an instant relationship with God. Now, you're in the best place to be to help build that relationship with God. And it's not just for fathers, you know, mothers too. They should desire to be that influence in their children's lives. As a church, it's our prayer that we become an influence, an influence for our local community and then also our online community because now we have people online watching from different places. And so we hope to be a, a godly influence in our communities. That souls will be redeemed. That believers who have been dormant for many years, sitting on a pew, sitting on a chair, <laughs> sitting just coming and going, believers that have been dormant for many years, that they be revived. Right? And believing that we will have influence and so that the broken will come in and be restored. That's what we pray. That's our prayer. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. 13 to 16. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13 to 16. Praise God. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. 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 This is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to his disciples. He's discipling them. He's teaching them. He's spending a moment of, I don't know if it's really relaxation while he's teaching them. You know, he's up on the mountaintop with his disciples, and he, he's, he's pouring into them. He's pouring into them, you know. Um, and uh, as he's pouring into them and teaching them, because they're his disciples, if we too are his disciples, then we receive this teaching 
for us as well. Amen? Has anyone ever cooked a meal while starving? Right? You, you, you're, you're, you're hungry. You're so hungry. You rush in the house. You're trying to cook a meal. You're, you're just thinking of sitting down and actually eating it, right? And so you're rushing. You're cooking it and this and that, and you're looking forward to it. It's going to be so good. You finally sit down to eat it, and it's bland. You messed up. You didn't put enough adobo in it, and it doesn't taste like anything. And your heart is broken because you were imagining a savory-flavored meal, and it doesn't taste like anything. I like to season my steaks days in advance, days before you put it in the fridge and just let it sit and marinate, soak up all the flavor before you make it. Well, Jesus is saying that we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, but how can we be the salt of the earth if we're maybe not so many? You know what I mean? Sometimes we think that it was just a small group of us compared to such an evil world that we live in or such evil society that we live in. How can we have influence? How can we affect the bigger scale, the big picture, right? Um, we think about that because we just see how evil society is. I was, it's just not even in here, but I, I'll stick it in here. Let's see. I was listening to a, a pastor speak, and he says that um, the biggest problem within the body of Christ right now is believers that are compromising for the sake of showing love. Listen carefully to this, because this is something that we battle if we struggle with, because sometimes we don't know, like, what we're supposed to love. Yeah, we're supposed to love, but we can't compromise the word of God. And so what happens is, so, and, and, and because Jesus loved us, right, he exposes sin so that we could repent. And so sometimes, sometimes not accept, accepting sin is not showing love. And so what happens is we're living in a society where it's all messed up, man. And I'm sorry that we have to live in a kind of society like this because it, it confuses especially our younger generation where it's like, okay, I love God. I'm a Christian. But I can't really talk about it out here because then they're going to label me a you know, uh, a heretic or, some, uh, you know, someone who's narrow-minded. I can't accept their customs. I can't accept their ideologies. And therefore, if I can't accept their ideologies, then, then you know, I'm against everybody. So, so I'm just going to stay quiet about my faith so that at least I'm welcomed in the circles around me. Right? But, but I'm not compromising. I'm still going to follow the Bible. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to read. I'm still going to live my life as a Christian. I'm just never going to say anything about God because if I do, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm against the masses. And so what's happening is we have a generation that says they love God but won't live God. We can't, we can't, we can't. We can't. Listen, listen, and, and this is, uh, again, again, we're, you blink your eyes. Blink. Everybody blink. That's how, that's how quick life is. 
That's how quick it is. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, but what is guaranteed is an eternity. Eternity is guaranteed. (laughs) One way or the other is guaranteed. And that's forever. So I could care less what people are going to say right now. Because I know where I want to spend eternity. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. You know, we serve a God that keeps it 100 with us all the time. All the time. In John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He told us there's going to be drama. He told us there's going to be issues. He tells us there's going to be things that are just horrible. There's trouble. But he says we can overcome it because he overcame it. You see, it's already been done. So everything that we're going through right now, all the situations, all the trials and the tribulations and all the drama and all the trouble in our lives, we can overcome it because he already overcame it. Dude, it's like a cheat, it's like a cheat sheet, like a, like a cheat code. You know, like it's already done. You just got to hold on to it. You just got to hold on to it. <sighs> okay, sure, small group of us, you know, we may... It may uh, seem like we can just be a couple sprinkles of salt. But (laughs) if you're a cook, you know you only need a couple sprinkles to change the whole thing. To change the whole thing. I'll even be crazy to say this. Too much salt we know is bad, right? Oh, man, I'm going to get crucified for this. All right. But I have to say this, and I, I have to say this, and I'm sorry. Please don't be offended. But there's something called OS. <laughs> All right, if you ever hear me say OS, now you're going to know what it means. OS is, a, is just a little joke we have, and it's, we call it oversaved. And, um, and, 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 some, and this is like the version of too much salt. Because the thing is this, the thing is sometimes if we are so heavenly minded, right, that we find ourselves unrelatable to the circumstances around us, then we will never have an influence on those around us. Let me tell you, let me give you, let me give you, let me straight up say it. You got family members, you got family members that don't serve the Lord, right? And you, got, you come into a situation where all your family members get together. You guys are all together. And all you want to do is quote Bible, quote scripture, this and that. They don't serve the Lord. So what you're doing is you're, you, are, you, are, you are widening the gap because they don't want anything to do with that. You see, you're, you're, now they're finding you unrelatable. Oh, I, I'm, you know what? We don't have nothing in common. If all he talks about is the Bible, we have nothing in common. And so that gap gets wider and wider and wider. And what our desire and goal is, is to bring our family to Christ. And so what we do is we embrace our family for who they are, 
Now, we don't, we don't support their sin, and we don't, we, don't, um, we don't encourage their sin, but we embrace our family for them being our family, our friends for them being our friends. And in that embracing, we continue being the light and the salt. And by them being close to us, they're contaminated with the presence of God. But if they're not close to us, they're not going to get that interaction. And so what happens is when we are OS, we push people away because they're like, yo, well, one of the jokes that the comedian makes, he's like, somebody's looking for their keys. And I was like, hey, where you found my keys? Like, oh, but I know um, you need the keys to the kingdom or something like that. And the thing is, like, everything, they'll turn everything into that. And eventually people are like, I have nothing in common with this person because they're not saved. You are, but they think that it completely completely different. In reality, there's so much similarities between all of us. I'm not saying to go and compromise. You see, that's that's the thing, because then then you take the extreme and say, oh, well, my family's going to party. I'm going to party with them so they know that, you know, we're cool. And then I'll speak to them, yeah, what happens is you'll just get lost. You'll get lost, and, you, and, and so, so, so understanding a balance, and I'm going to tell you who gives you the perfect balance is the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the perfect balance. You know, sometimes we try to rack our brains for it. Just trust God. Trust God. Pray before you go into every situation. You're going to go visit your family members that are not saved? Spend some time in the car before you go inside. God, you know I love them. I want them to, to know you. I want them to, to get saved, Lord. Use me while I'm there, to be a light, that they may feel your love and go in there understanding that you are an ambassador. You see, that's the thing. You know, yo, when ambassadors of other countries, yo, I'm so off of this. Uh, ambassadors, right? Ambassadors that when, when they go to other countries and they represent their country, yo, they walk in there like this. Why? Because they are representing an entire country. This one person represents an entire nation. So they will walk in very proud, very sophisticated, very put together because they are representing thousands and thousands of people, millions of people at some places, right? And so what happens is you have to understand that when you walk in, to a room as a Christian, you are representing the kingdom of heaven. You understand that? You are an ambassador. Come on. Don't misrepresent. Don't Don't misrepresent. You're an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven. The king of kings has sent you. There's nothing higher than that. Come on. Where am I? All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So then in verse 14, (laughs) too salty. Then in verse 14, Jesus calls us the light. We're talking about salt, right? We talk about salt and just a little bit of salt. Even if we we can be the salt, it, it affects everything around us, right? And so he calls us in verse 14 the light. Now, we all know that when we light a candle or a match in a dark room, it will instantly bring light into a dark room. Instant, instant light. No matter how large a room is or how small a room, if it's completely dark, any amount of light will shine. Any amount. We used to, uh, we used to do uh, night training and... Uh, 
Marcus is here now, so he's keeping track. We used to do some night ops, and um, one of the things was they never wanted us to turn on our lights. I like, why give us these flashlights if we can't use them? Like, why give me this if I can't use it? Right? It was the worst. So that well, you have to use it, change out the lens part, and, and they had like a, a red lens that you can like change it out, and then now, now when you turn on the flashlight, it's like a, a soft red light that kind of illuminates. So they, we had that, but the thing is, in the woods, in the jungle, in, in, at nighttime in the desert, when it's dark, you can see one light a very long ways away, a very long ways away. So light changes the, the room. It lights it up. You don't even need a lot, just like you don't need a lot of salt. It will still have an effect. Um, Neither light or salt is loud or bold or uh, externally impressive, but they're both uh, essential and necessary, and both will penetrate. Salt penetrates the meat, right? We leave it there, and 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 it has a way of getting in the meat to flavor it, right? It gets in there, and then light, it penetrates the darkness. It goes right, it cuts right through it. And eliminates it instantly. In the same way, we all need to be influences in our home, in our church, in our community, in our city. Um, we should influence in, this, in that same way. When Jesus says, let your light shine before men that they will see your good works, don't stop there. People, some people like to stop there, right? They want to pop the collar. Glorify and glorify your Father in heaven. He's not telling us to go and boast about the things that we do. He's not telling telling us, like, do all these good things so it could be about you. He's not saying be nice, feed the homeless, help the needy, you know, um, those in need, help them because, you you know, that way you can be proud of what you've done and you can boast about it. He's not telling us that. Um, instead, he's saying, be the light in those circumstances, right? So that the darkness, can, you can rid it of the darkness, and then they will be able to see God in the midst of that, and that he be glorified. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. It talks about this, and I found this interesting. I found this interesting. It says... Um, you're boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin? You're boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Sometimes we don't realize that boasting is a what? <laughs> But so many Christians do it. Maybe we don't realize. Maybe we haven't read enough. Maybe we forgot who needs to be glorified through a lot of things. Listen, it says it's like a little yeast, a little yeast in, in, a, what it say, in a whole batch of dough. Do you know you just need a little bit of yeast to affect the whole batch? You just need a little bit. And, and it changes the whole 
the whole dynamic, the whole chemical situation that happens within bread. I'm not a baker. But I know you just need a little bit. Do you know you can do a thousand things for the Lord? For the Lord. A thousand good things, a thousand good deeds. You can help a million people turn around and boast just a little. And, and you just it's, it's just, it just affected everything you just did. It affected everything. You know why? Because it's not for us to be glorified. It's for God to receive all the glory and honor. Listen, it's got to be about God. I know, I know across the body of Christ, it's so easy to be like, we did this. Yay, look what we did. Yo, yesterday the women had an amazing event. And you know what? God got that glory. He brought women together. You had like 24, 25 women, 26 women here. God was glorified in this house. He was glorified. Just a little bit. Just a little bit will mess everything up. It's not about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. (laughs) Why is it easy for us to say things like that, right? Oh, we'll do it quick. Like, it's not about you. (laughs) Second Timothy, second Timothy three, second Timothy three, one through 13. I'm not going to read it. But in this passage, Paul is warning Timothy about last days. Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through 13. Paul is talking to Timothy. He's warning Timothy. He's like, oh, last days, this is what's going to look like. This is what's going to happen. There's three words that stick out in, in those chapters to me. One is perilous. Perilous means full of danger, disaster, and ruin. We can't, that's why, that's why, you know, people are like, oh my God, what's happening here and what's happening? And I was like, oh, the Bible says it's going to happen. The Bible says this is gonna, things like this are going to happen. And so I, I can't be completely surprised, but it almost gets me excited. I mean, I don't know, not that I'm excited that bad things happen, because I'm not. But it, the, the, what I find exciting out of the things that the world will find negative in these circumstances is that I'm a day closer I'm a day closer to being with Jesus. I'm a day closer to being in eternity. I'm a day closer. And so when I see these, all these things, the danger, full of danger, disaster, um, ruin, I'm like, Jesus is nearer and nearer each day. Are you ready? Those, those, were, the, those were the revival preachings from back in the day, right? God can come tomorrow, and if you're not ready, you're going to hell. They were, they were just straight up with it. You know, we try, to, we try to cushion it up a little bit because, you know, you say hell too much and people don't want to come to church no more. Huh. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Listen, hell is real. It exists. And without Christ in your life today, that's where you will spend eternity. I'm sorry. But 
I'll be the one to tell you the news straight up if no one else in your life has. So perilous. I see a word corrupt. I, corrupt sticks out to me. And oh my goodness, do we not live in a corrupt world. <laughs> Corruption is everywhere. 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 You want to get your kid to, a, you know, to the school, there's a waiting list, a little, you know, you know, hey, do me a favor. Oh, you do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. And then all of a sudden your kid's on the top of the list. Corruption. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's more present in a lot of other countries. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist here. It exists here. There are corrupt politicians. There are corrupt law enforcement. There's corrupt teachers. There's, I mean, there's corruption in every industry, in every profession. Because we live in a sinful world. There is corruption. In other countries, it's more evident because you can, you know, the cops don't, they don't even care in other countries. Listen, I pulled you over for speeding. You weren't speeding, but if you want to leave, got to give me money. It happens to us all the time. For those that want to go to DR, be ready. You got to have cash on you all the time. Got to have cash on you. Mexico, if you go outside the resorts, be ready. You got to have cash on you for the cops. When they pull you over and just be like, here, I'm sorry, and they say, okay, go ahead. Don't speed. And that's if you're lucky and they just pull you over for speeding. Yeah. I have another Marine Corps story about Mexico, but I'm not going to tell that one. That's an off-camera story. <laughs> another, 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 uh, another word that sticks out to me is deceived. And this is sad. This is sad because in the end days, many will be deceived. There will be false teachers, false prophets, you know, that will, that will contaminate the body of Christ. And they will teach twisted doctrines. They will take, they will take the theology and, 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 they will, and they would cover it with all the things that sound good, that look good to get you to, and then just little by little, just pull you away from truth. It's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be um, uh, blatantly, uh, like it's not going to be obvious. It's not going to be in your face. It's not going to be obvious. And that's why, listen, I could say what I say up here all day long, but you each have to read your own Bible. You each have to. You have to. You can't just come here on Sundays and say, well, pastor's going to preach and I'm good for the week. No, you need to read your own Bible. Because guess what? I'm a man. I can say wrong things. And if you're not reading your own Bible, then you won't know. You need to read. Too many people are, becoming, are being deceived, especially in a social media world. It's easy. I mean, listen, I know some of these Bigger pastors have these cool little sermon jam clips. Maybe one day I'll get a sermon jam clip. Maybe. But the thing is this. The thing is this. It's easy to follow things. And before you know it, if you're just hearing the things that sound cool, sound cool, sound cool, but you're not reading your own Bible, then guess what? You're just, it's like the, oh, what was it? Was it, was it Hansel and Gretel that followed the, yeah. was it Hansel and Gretel? Okay. Hansel and Gretel that followed the candy. The, the candy, or, or it was one of those stories that they followed the candy all the way to the witch's house. They followed the candy 
to the witch's house. And that's how false teaching is. It's candy to you, right? It sounds good. It satisfies your flesh. And then you can still check off the box that I'm in church. Or you can still check off the box that I'm, I'm following God. I'm in a relationship. And so what happened is it's feeding your flesh, yet you still feel okay as far as a believer, right? And so you're feeding your flesh, you're feeding your flesh, you're feeding. And then before you know it, you're in the witch's house. And you're far from God. We're living in a world that many will be deceived in the end times. Now, do you, see, do you see why it's so important for us to be a godly influence? Do you see why it's so important? Like, the end days are coming. There's going to be danger. There's going to be confusion. There's going to be deception. There's going to be corruption. There's going to be, this. it's going to happen, and it's happening. So this is why we need to make a decision to say, as these things are happening, I'm going to be a godly influence. <coughs> I'm going to choose. I'm going to stand firm. Do you understand why we should be passionate about this? I know not everybody is Marine Corps material. That's not your fault. That's just the way God made you. And it's okay. It's okay. You have other... My wife's like, that's not nice. She shouldn't be, she's watching right now saying he shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I'm only playing, guys. I'm only playing. But, but the thing is this. <laughs> the thing is this. One of the things about Marines is this. We know what our function and our roles are. We understand the response time. We understand that if something goes off in some part of the country without complete safety, without the right equipment, Without it, they send the Marines in first. But we make a decision before you sign up to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to be that. I'm going to choose to be a presence in the midst of danger. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose that although I know I will be surrounded or there will be times that, that I don't know what to expect or there will be times that even the intelligence hasn't really come back yet, I know that I'm going to be there. We need to make a decision and say, you know what? I'm going to choose today. I'm going to choose today to be in the Marine Corps of Heaven's Army. Ah, oh, I said Army in that. I'm going to choose to be in Heaven's Marine Corps. <laughs> oh, he's the Army. All right. All right. All right, all right, enough with the Marine stuff then. We have guests here today. <laughs> um, we, have to, um, we have to understand that although we're not many, although we're not perfect, and we will make mistakes, we can still be an influence, a godly influence. But in the same aspect of it, we need to be aware that we also can be influenced. So um, all the more reason to be aware of who you surround yourself with. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 33, it says, don't 
be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. There's a saying in Spanish that my grandmother used to always tell me, it says, tell, it, it translated, it says, tell me who your friends are, and that will tell me who you are. She's telling me all the time. Who you surround yourself with will affect your character. And I know that I, when I was playing around with my life and I was like on the fence and we talked about lukewarmness in last week's Bible study, which by the way, I, I, I don't know. I thought last Thursday's Bible study was fire. It was, it was, it was good. Um, there was a moment in, 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 in those years where I wanted to be in church, right? Like there was, like I was being drawn, like I know what I needed. Like there was, there was conviction in my life. But yet, I still was surrounding myself with all those that didn't want anything to do with church. And so what's happening is now, my spirit wants to be here, my flesh wants to be here, and I end up where? Lukewarm. And the Bible says that he will spit you out. Scary. Another verse that we don't really, you know, doesn't, it doesn't fill the seats. And so, and so I, I, we can't be here. And so sometimes we have to say, listen, this is, my, this is my life right now. I'm giving my life to God. You guys are cool. You guys are my friends. Let me know how you're doing. Maybe we'll go out to eat every once in a while. But the thing is, that can't be your circle. There's a difference between having a friend and then, having a, and then being in a circle. And so you, we need to put ourselves in godly circles so that we can be influenced in a godly manner. When Jesus speaks of the character and the qualities of his servants, he uses the word you. It's a personal thing. When he says you are the salt, it's a personal thing. He's like, <clears throat> so he, <laughs> I, could, I could imagine Jesus sitting there with his disciples, right? And he's like, you are the salt. You are the light of the world, right? And, 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 and maybe some side comments here and there. He's like, so don't worry about what Peter's doing or don't worry about what John's doing. Like, like tell him, like, like, it doesn't matter what so-and-so is doing. You be the salt and you be the light. Oh, but pastor, so-and-so, no, 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 you be the salt and you be the light. You can't get hung up on, oh, but they're supposed to be a Christian. I don't care because the Bible's not telling you to look at, the Bible says you. It's a personal thing. Focus on you being the salt and you being the light. And don't, want, don't get sidetracked on this because guess what? You get sidetracked on that and you won't be the salt and the light. You just get filled with bitterness and anger, resentment, all that other stuff. You be the salt and you be the light. It's a personal thing. So if you are the salt of the earth, what does that look like? Well, salt preserves. He preserves. So if we're the salt of the earth, then what do we do? We're preserving truth. And what is the truth? The word of God. Because if we don't preserve this truth, if we don't preach this truth, if we're not teaching this truth, then we lose it to a society that wants nothing to do with this. Salt is a healing agent. Do you guys know that? Yeah, it's a healing agent. Allow God to use you to bring healing to others. Sometimes it's just conversation that will uplift someone else, that will heal their, you know, the, 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 the circumstance that they're going through. Sometimes God will give you a gift of healing and use you in healing to lay hands on the sick 
and pray for them, and they will be healed. Salt creates thirst. You guys know you eat something really salty? You get thirsty? Well, guess what? If we're the salt of the earth, when we go places, when we talk, when we live, when we walk, everyone around us should start to be like, man, I, I, need, I need some of that God that they have. Like, I'm thirsty for the, the, for, for the Lord. And, and so everywhere you go and how you speak, like when someone finishes speaking to you, they should be like, I need what she has. I need what he has. We should be creating a thirst for God in everyone we come in contact with. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? And it adds flavor. Salt adds flavor. So how does this apply to us? Listen, Christianity is not boring. It's not boring. Listen, I, listen, I know that, that it was easy for me to say that when I was younger because I felt like, you know, I was in church and they just dragged me to church every day, you know, and this and that. I'm like, ah. Oh. And that was like, you know, that's how I felt. But, yo, once I had my own relationship with God, like, no, oh, this is amazing. There's nothing boring about this. You, you telling me that it's boring to serve a God that does supernatural things? You telling me it's boring to serve a God that will heal the sick, that will break the chains of bondage, that will set people free, that, that can change the atmosphere, that can change situations, that can, come on. That's, there's nothing boring about the God that we serve. It's not. We can have fun and still live for eternity in heaven? I don't know. That's having your cake and eating it too. <laughs> but if you have salt and the salt has lost its saltiness or its preserving power, it's good for nothing. What good? Ah, I was going to have a salt shaker up here with me. I forgot it. What good is a salt shaker? right, with salt in it, if you don't use it on something. In the same aspect, we need to allow God to use us. What good is, what good is saying that we're going to be the salt of the earth if that when God calls, we say, no, not today, God. <laughs> I got plans today. Can't throw up. I'm going away for the weekend. Not today. And, we, and every time God calls, we have an excuse of why we can't do it, or why we can't serve, or why we can't minister to someone else. Well, I'm a mess. Well, he knows you're a mess. He knew you were a mess before he asked you to help someone else. Like, he knows you're messed up. We're all messed up. Like, he knows that. Because that's the thing. I mean, it's real, I mean, that's the easy way out. I'm a mess. I can't talk to nobody. Like, I'm, I, I need to work in me. Yeah, you do need to work in you. But how do you know that in allowing God to use you to minister to someone else, he's not ministering to you? I know that in my life, he does this all the time. Because I, can, I don't have a choice, really. I can't wake up on one Sunday morning and say, you know what? I can't go to church today. I'm a mess. Oh, Dennis, just say something up there. Erica. 
you know, Tony, Marcus, Jamal, Vanessa, these are the elders of the church. Naomi, just figure it out. Somebody will preach. I just can't get up there. I'm going through something. I can't, I, can't, I can't bring a word. Look at me. No, no, no. It starts me. And many times in my brokenness, when I've come up here in like broken, God has spoken to me in such a divine, I mean, in, in such an amazing way because I, I surrendered to his desire and I didn't submit to what I was going through. I didn't submit to the feelings. I surrendered to him. And so when we do that, God does amazing things in our lives when we can put aside that and allow him in. We need to allow God to use us if we want to be the salt of the earth. So if we are the salt, if we are the salt, <clears throat> if you are the light, then you are lit for Christ, right? That's why we call this salty and lit. Because we want to be lit for Christ. I know the world has a meaning for it, but we're going to take it and we're going to turn it for the goodness of, of, uh, of this message, the goodness of it. What does this mean? Um, Jesus calls, him, calls us what he called himself. Jesus was the light. He calls us, I am the light. And then he's calling us the light. As his disciples, we should be shining with light in this dark world. Do you call yourself a disciple of Christ? Because, I mean, if, if you don't, I can't expect you to live up to these standards. Not yet. But if you're saying, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple of Christ, then, yes, this, then this is what you need to be doing. This applies to you. The basic function of light is to rid darkness, and darkness can't remain. We talked about this when light is turned on. So how do we get rid of darkness? First of all, um, Matthew 5, 15 We'll go back and we'll, re- re- we'll reread it. It says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. So the first thing is this. We're going to be the light of the world. We can't hide it. I just mentioned earlier about the, 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 the struggle within today's Christianity of not wanting to offend or the struggle not wanting to be so bold for Christ because it then offends other people. And so what we do is we keep our light to ourselves. We put it under the bed. We put it under a basket. And then it's no good for anyone. We can't do that. We can't hide the light. Can't hide it. We got so many undercover Christians undercover everybody wants to be undercover these days oh my goodness you know you know how i know when you've been undercover so don't don't be the one i'm gonna gonna tell you my secret nobody's gonna want to be with me after this anymore so listen i'm with you you introduce me to your friend hey is my pastor and they'd be like you go to church right in front of my face right in front of my face that's how i know that's how i know that you've been where your friends don't even realize that you've gone to ch- that you even go to church. You go to church? Uh, yeah, he's actually been part of church for like a couple years now. <laughs> True story. True story. You can't make these things up. You can't. Um, undercover Christians or like 
We have in social media world or in, in today's society that our inbox friends. Do you guys know what an inbox friend is? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what an inbox friend is. Someone that in your inbox will love you for eternity. In your inbox, in your messages, they will send you messages. Oh, I love you. You're such a great. That's the word. I'm going to write that down. Nick at nights. The Nick at nights. They, they would, they, they, in your inbox, in your messaging, they go and they tell you, oh, you're such an amazing person. Um, I'm here for you and this and that. And, and then the rest of the world doesn't even know you even have a relationship with that person. Inbox friends, Nick at nights. Listen, it's okay. If the world, it, it, when people don't want to be your friend, I'd rather you don't be a friend. Well, we still love each other, right? Let's not take things out of context. What I'm saying is if you don't want to hang out with somebody or, or be in their life all the time, then just don't. Don't pretend. That's deceiving. And deception is one of the warnings that Paul tells Timothy of the last days. You're adding to it. No. <laughs> don't be deceptive. That's not even godlike. That's not godlike. Listen, you want to be, be my homie? Be my homie. If you don't, you don't. It's okay. It's not going to change my life. It's not going to affect me. Yo, she gets it. She gets it. She gets it. That, that's, how, that's how it is, too, when you open those messages. That's how, exactly how you, how you laugh. <laughs> laugh just like that. Oh, Lord. God doesn't want us to be inbox Christians, inbox friends. He needs us to be loud and proud about our relationship with him. Loud and proud. When you cover a candle up, what happens? It cuts the oxygen to the flame. We, we, we hide that light too long, guess what? <laughs> it, it will go out. And you will find yourself not having a light to hide. Light is silent. It shines it gives direction. So when you light, it doesn't make a noise, but it illuminates. And when it illuminates, you can find your direction, right? Matthew 5.16 says, let your light shine before man so that they may see your good works and glorify God, glorify your Father in heaven. The light will shine, and, it, and your light shining will direct everyone to the Father. It will bring everyone to the Father. So, light attracts attention. We all know light attracts attention. How many of us in the movie theater? I know it's been a year for most people. I know some, some theaters were open here and there throughout the time. But you're in the movie theater, and it's pitch black. And somebody near you wants to turn on their cell phone. It's like, like it's so bright. And it's like, yo, I'm trying to watch a movie here. We're trying to watch a movie, which, which really, and you can still watch your movie, but isn't it kind of, it just bothers you a little bit? It bothers you. It attracts attention. Everyone notices. If you allow the light shine, if you allow the light of the Spirit shine in your life, people can't help but notice. It's just going to start turning next. Like people are going to realize there's something different. There's a saying, and I've repeated this many times, and I'll continue saying it we need to be preaching the gospel at all times. And when necessary, we use words. 
Your life should, you living your life out should be living the gospel out. People should be able to tell by how you live, how you react, how you talk. How, I mean, just in conversations that there's something different about you. They should feel the love of God within, in you. I have friends that don't like to hang out with me because they, I don't, I don't say anything about their stuff, but there's conviction. And so when they get close to me, they're reminded about what they're wrong in. And they're convicted in their own sin, and they choose not to hang out with me too much. Hey, I don't even talk about it. I don't mention it to them. I don't have to. I just continue loving. I continue being available. Today, as we close today's word, to wrap it up, I want us to make a declaration today. If you're serious, make a declaration today. So let's stand as we make this declaration. You got to, don't, don't say it if it's not going to be, if you're not going to mean it. I don't need you to lie to me. I don't need you to lie to me. I don't need you to say it just because it's going to sound like, oh, everybody's saying it, so I should say it too. No, no, no. Think about this. It's time, that you, it's time for you to be honest with God. And just be like, Lord, it's time that I am the light and salt of this world. It's time that you use me to preserve, that you use me to bring flavor, right, to this such a bland and evil world. That you use me to bring healing, that you use me, Lord, to, to illuminate, Father God, and help direct people to you. So this is a declaration by faith that we're making today. The first one is, I am different. So in a count of three, if you are going to be different, and I want you to say, I am different. One, two, three. We have to be different from the world. We have to be. We have to be different with our thoughts. We have to be different from, than our speech with our speech, we have to be different with our actions so that they know that we're followers of Christ. The next one is gonna be I am responsible. If you're gonna be responsible for and accept responsibility for being the salt and being the light of the world, then in the count of three, I want you to say I am responsible. One, two, three. And lastly, the solid fact that we are not like this world, it gives us an enormous influence. And even when we aren't trying to be the salt and the light, right? The spirit in us, right, begins to work at reaching the lives of others. If you are going to make a declaration today to be influential for the word of God, influential for God, then in count of three, say, I am influential. One, two, three. You know what's crazy? So when Daniel entered Babylon, when they took Daniel into Babylon, he was about like 16-ish. And he had a choice to make. He had a choice to make. To adapt 
to Babylonian culture, to Babylonian beliefs, to Babylonian stuff, or to hold firm on his belief for him. Check this out. He didn't go to Babylon singing, I'm going to change the Babylonian culture. He didn't go to Babylon thinking that. But what he did was saying, hey, I'm here, but I'm not of here, and I'm going to continue being who I am with Christ, with God. So his relationship with God maintained. And if you follow the story of Daniel, he went through probably like three or four, three for sure, maybe four different, uh, what do you call it, uh, phases, different rulers, different three or four different um, overseers. And what happens is... His influence, uh, his influence caused pagan rulers, not, 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 not the servants of the castle, not, not someone walking up and down the street. No, no, the, the pagan rulers that oversaw Babylon. His influence changed their view on God. He had influence on kings. Do you know, you don't know the influence you can have on some people. And you don't know who's, who those people will be or who those people will reach. You may say, oh, I'm only, I'm only um, influencing my kids because that's the only people I'm with. Well, guess what? Your kids may grow up to be one of the large, uh, most renowned evangelists of the world, reaching millions for Christ. You never know. Well, I, I only work in I only work in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a doctor's office. You never know you influence those doctors and reaching those doctors, how they will continue to reach every patient they come into contact with. Church, listen, I think I think I'm I'm just gonna keep being blue in the face saying this. We got to be serious in our walk with God. Like, I'm not satisfied with just a great service. Does that make sense to you? I'm not satisfied with just a great service. I want to continue seeing the power of God all week long. I want to continue seeing the power of God in my, in, in my, in my health, in, in, in my marriage, in my finances, in my, in, my fa- in my children's lives. I want to see the power of God. I want to see family members that are far from God receive Christ. I want to see miracles right before my eyes. I told you I'm sick and tired of hearing back in the day, we, God did this. Well, guess what? It's the same God. They just probably didn't have as many distractions as we do, and they have more faith than we do. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It's the same God. I mean, I'm not satisfied with just coming to church and singing and then going back home. I want to feel his presence all the time. I want to be walking. And listen, man, go the shadow, Peter's shadow healed people. You guys didn't know that? It's in the Bible. Read it. His shadow, when he would walk, his shadow healed the sick. Come on. Who who wouldn't want to see that? 
Who wouldn't want to experience the power of God like that? Who's influencing you? Think about it right now. Who's influencing you? Who's your largest influence? Who are you influencing? Is it a godly influence or not? Today, you make a decision. Some of you declare today that you're going to be salty and lit for Christ. And guess what? We make mistakes. Don't be discouraged. Don't, 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 don't bring condemnation onto your life. Don't condemn yourself when you fall. You get back up. You, you repent and you get back up and you keep going. We got to keep going. We have a mission to accomplish. And it's to spread this gospel. We have a mission to, to, to get done. And it's to, to save souls for the kingdom. Listen, if we're not seeing that, we should be seeing, listen, we should be seeing new people every Sunday. Every Sunday. And that means that we just can't be quiet about, about who God is. It means that we're living as salt and light. Because no matter where you go throughout your week, somebody's exposed to you and they're going to want what you have. And then you just be like, just come with me on Sunday. Just come with me. There's some people watching or here that may not even have a relationship with God yet. They haven't made that decision to follow him. They haven't made that decision to accept him. And so guess what? Today can be that day if you haven't made that decision. Today can be the day that you can say, you know what? I'm tired of trying to do things on my own. I'm, trying, I'm tired of just the same old ups and downs. And I want to accept him into my heart. I want to receive my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you today, I want to pray with you when we do an altar call. I'm going to open the altar up. Um, I'm going to ask my brother, um, my brother Al, Vanessa, and uh, Ruby. You know what? Chanel, you guys can come up. Come up, please. The four of you. Now, there's nothing special, even though we're all special, but there's nothing extra special about the five of us. The only thing is that we just want to pray with you. We just want to pray with you. We just want to pray with you. Because it's the power of God that changes. It's the power of God that changes, that breaks chains, that sets us free. It's the power of God that heals us. And there's many of us here today that need, <laughs> we need to go before God and just leave it at the altar. So as I'm praying, the altar is open. I invite you to come up. I invite you to join us. We want to pray with you. We do. Some of us need encouragement to continue being the salt, to continue being the light. Some of us need direction. I want to pray with you. Father God, right now we come before you, Lord. We ask right now that you just, Lord, touch the hearts of each and every person that's standing here today, Lord, right now. Lord, if there is someone that you need to reach, Father God, right now that you want to speak to, that you want to do a, a, a miraculous just a miraculous thing in their life, Lord, that, that, that you give them the strength and the courage to take those steps of faith to the altar right now. It takes steps of faith to come up and say, I'm broken, but I'm taking steps toward healing.
I'm bound, but me walking forward is taking steps in faith that I will be set free. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. But taking steps forward is walking in faith that God will remove that pain and hurt from my life and replace it with joy and laughter. Father God, right now, those that are watching, those that are here, if they haven't accepted you, Lord, and they want to do that today, if you want to do that today, pray with us as we say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. I need you in my life. And today I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior because I no longer want to keep living this life lost, alone. I need you, Lord. I want to follow you. I receive you into my heart. Change my life. Bring healing to my pain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.